The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to Bold Statements, Not So Bold Predictions, where we've got receipts. I'm your host, Keith Cork, along with my buddy and co-host, Trey Hill. BSPP is a show where we put our credibility on the line each and every week. Each host and guest starts with 100 creds for the season, and throughout the show, we place wagers on game outcomes, player props, futures, and much, much more. Trey, you're still at the starting level of 100, as am I at 100 cred points, because... Guess what? Nothing has happened yet. There's no there's no games. The NBA hasn't started yet. So uh, we've got some bets out there, uh, but uh, nothing has been resolved quite yet. So we're still at 100 grid points each. Uh, BSPP is brought to you guys by Hoopball. Trey, do you play fantasy basketball? I do not, actually. It's it's one thing I haven't dove into. That's okay. I, I know I do. I'm really deep into it. Uh, and guys, uh, the early Brewski 150 drops on September 29th. Uh, if for certain subscribers, so if you go out there and get that, um, after the the Brewski 150 blew all the other fancy rankings out of the water last season in actual paid competitions, I know I'm going to be picking that one up. Uh, so you can get the fantasy pass for 4.99 a month, uh, which will get you access to that Brewski 150 all season long. Uh, but you're going to want to get the uh, Hoopball 360 pass to get that on September 29th, which is 19.99 a month. Uh, just go to Hoopball.com. That's hoop-ball.com, and all the information is there, guys. Uh, seriously, win your home leagues, win your win your money leagues, all that good stuff. So, so, so what you're saying is, someone like me needs to wait until the 29th when this drops and uh-huh. and look at those ratings be, and then go from there. Yeah, yeah. If you've never played before, you use those ratings, you're probably gonna win. It's <laughs> because they're that good. So, uh, definitely worth it, guys. Go go to hoop-ball.com and, and check it out. But uh, let's start our our show here with some betters remorse, which is our segment where we resolve and. And recap any bets that we have. Obviously, we don't have anything resolved because the season hasn't started yet. But uh, just to kind of recap what we went over last episode, because we're going over uh, win totals for each team, which is uh, something we'll be talking about also on this episode. But um, Trey, you had Clarkson for sixth man of the year, actually, and Inglis for sixth man of the year. That was what we talked about at the beginning of last show. And uh, you had both of those at plus 700 odds or, or better. I think plus 750 for Inglis. And then we also had a BS bet, a gentleman's agreement bet, where you had Atlanta under 46.5 wins, and I have them over 46.5 wins. I doubled down on that because I actually have a, a unit on them for over uh, on that as well. And then I've also got Boston under 45.5 wins. So uh, just kind of a recap of the last ones, that you're higher on Boston than I am, higher on the Celtics than I am, and I'm I'm much higher on the, on the Hawks than you are. So we've kind of got those guys flipped. Let's go ahead and move on to the long ball, which is our futures betting for the NBA. And we're going to be talking today about the most improved player for the NBA in this upcoming season. And we've got some interesting names here. I know we were like talking a little bit before we got on the show, but uh, just to kind of give you guys the, the top, uh, I'll give you guys the top six names here on my bookie. We're using my bookie for these. Uh, we've got Michael Porter Jr. at plus 1,000. We've got Shea Gilgis Alexander at plus 1,000. Uh, We've got Zion Williamson at plus 1,200, and Kevin Porter Jr. at plus 1,400, Jaron Jackson Jr. at plus 1,600, and Jalen Brown at plus 1,600. Trey, you like any of those guys, or uh, you like someone further down the list? I know there's a couple names that we like on here. Um, Who do you like? Of those six, I think Michael Porter Jr. probably 
is the best bet. He's going to be stepping into the number two role in Denver with Jamal Murray being out. It's progression-wise, he it's about due for him to make another leap. And playing next to Jokic, it he he has such a good playmaker next to him that's also big enough that the big bodies that can usually contest Michael Porter Jr. are, are having to try and contend with Jokic. And he might be one of the the five best pure shooters in the league with how just pure his jump shot is. I'm not I don't like it enough to place any units on it, but I think when you look at opportunity and just kind of narrative, I, I like what Michael Porter Jr. brings to the table. Of those six teams, I think I'm actually going to go with uh, JJJ, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. And I think um, that's probably my favorite of those six names just because he just he was injured all last season, basically. He was injured, so you know he just didn't really get a chance to play at all. And uh, so just the fact that he's going to be playing again, and I think he's got a tremendous upside, this guy does. So uh, if he can really you know match some of that upside and, and, and have a good season, uh, I think he'll get some some uh, MIP votes. So And actually, you know what? Let's go ahead. I'm just going to call an early BS here. Uh, I don't necessarily think that Michael Porter Jr. at, six, at uh, most improved player is a bad bet or a bad uh, call, but I think uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and call BS. And I, here's what I'm gonna, here's what I want to bet. I want to bet against you. I think that Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to have more MIP votes than Michael Porter Jr. You take that bet with me? I will take that bet. All right. We've got our first uh, BS bet of this episode. Uh, I'm taking Jaron Jackson Jr. and you were taking Michael Porter Jr. But now there's some interesting names on this list also uh, a little further down. There, uh, we were looking here. I, I really kind of like um, at plus 8,000 Rui Achimura. I love those odds. Obviously, if you put you know <laughs> if you put some money on there, you're going to get a, a huge return. Um, but I think the Washington Wizards. We'll talk about them a little bit here uh, in our upcoming segment. But I think they're going to be not that great. <laughs> so I think Rui's going to have plenty of chance to play. I kind of like his game a lot. So. I like him at plus 8,000, and um, there was a couple other names on here. Are there guys that you like beyond those first six? I mean, honestly, there's guys everywhere down the list, up and down, that I like. It's it's hard to pick just one. I like Peyton Pritchard at plus 2,500. He's just such a sharp shooter, and I think he, he might shoot almost 50% from three this year. Tyrese Halliburton down here at plus 3,300. It's hard to do a guy in his second year. You've got... D'Angelo Russell at plus 5,000 would be a fun bet for the Timberwolves fans if they think that the Timberwolves are going to make a leap and D'Angelo Russell might – because he has a tarnished reputation around the league. And if he comes back and is a bright spot, you know, that might be a nice narrative. Just up and down the list, any team you're a fan of, you can find a a fun bet that's got long enough odds that you could throw a couple dollars on it and just root for it the entire year. Yeah. The Knicks, we're getting ready to talk about them. R.J. Barrett at plus 2,800. I think he's super talented. I think he's one of the more underrated guys. He hasn't had a legitimate, like, training camp offseason until this year. And I think he might make a leap. He's an an interesting bet at plus 2,800 because I think they're going to be – the Knicks are – Dibs is a defense guy. You know this. I know this. Mm -hmm. And if he's the guy that's getting, you know – 30% 30% of the usage, he's going to get to put up raw numbers. And that's what people like and most improved. Yeah. Another guy, while you're talking there, I'm looking at Keldon Johnson at plus 4,000, you know, no, no DeMar DeRozan there anymore. Uh, the Spurs are in a little bit of a mini rebuild. 
Um, I kind of like that as well. Uh, so if you want, he has the Olympic your, buzz. Yeah, he's got the Olympic buzz. Uh, he's one of Pop's guys. I mean, uh, he had a, a good start to last season, if I recall, but then you know, kind of fell off a little bit as far as uh, stat statistics go. And I know those are, that's usually a big part of uh, of these this voting is statistics. So, um, but uh, he has that uh, that ability, and I think he has um, some versatility also on the offensive and defensive side. So I like I like some Kelvin Johnson at plus four thousand. Uh, I also like some James Wiseman at plus six thousand. Uh, I was gonna say that one next. Yeah. Yeah, he's a uh, you know a little, little uh, hit a little bit of an injury bug obviously last season and um, the the Warriors are still going to go with him for the starting center gig though and I still am very high on him I think he's got um, just a huge he's he's just got so much potential uh, I think he's going to be a really great player is it going to be next season uh, I don't know second season player or second year players I don't know if they necessarily make that leap leap that early uh, and it's for big men you have to kind of it's kind of a waiting game usually for them anyways. So um, I don't know if he's going to make that leap next season, but uh, what do you think? What, what, are, what are your takes on James Wiseman? I like the Wiseman pick. You're right. It, most, most improved player typically doesn't go to a second-year guy because most people kind of expect a leap. Since you said I like that pick at plus 6,000, especially with Curry and Thompson coming back, since you took my long shot center, I'll throw out Wendell Carter. I think Jalen Suggs is a legitimate playmaker who's going – who might get him three easy baskets a game to get him an extra six points per game that he's just, he wasn't getting last year. And if he can get comfortable and settle into that Al Horford role that we kind of envisioned him in Chicago and, you know, put up 15 points, 10 rebounds four you know, three or four assists, that might be enough for most improved player. If the narrative changes in Orlando, thanks to Suggs. I don't think you mentioned him, but another guy I'm looking at in the plus 8,000 is Devonte Graham. Uh, I mean, he just had such a bad season last season that it's not going to be hard for him to have a better season this season. Uh, and, so he really and, lowered that bar. Yeah, and obviously the uh, you know NBA teams are seeing something in this guy that uh, we as fans aren't seeing because uh, he's going to have a starting role in, in New Orleans, I believe. Uh, maybe he's coming off the bench, but I think he'll probably be the starter. Uh, and we'll see, you know, we'll see how he goes. But uh, plus eight thousand, those are really sexy odds. So I wouldn't mind throwing a free play on that as well. So. Um, I don't think I feel strongly enough about any of these guys to put a unit either, and neither do you. But uh, it is a really interesting to, to talk about, and uh, you know, as we move along through the season, maybe we will place a, a, a unit or two on these things. So, see how it goes. But and like, like it's called the long shot bet for a reason. Um, yeah, these are long odds, but they're fun to root for. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but anyways, let's uh, let's move on. We're going to go to our wins, loss, overs, and unders, and these are uh, also some team reviews, and uh, we're going to be using. Sp- points bet for these over under lines and we'll be reviewing them in order of their win totals according to points bet uh we got through eight teams in our last go so we're just going to go through the last seven of the eastern conference here hit them real quick and uh, then we're going to give our final standings and also our um uh win totals that we think for sure for each team we actually have a number for each team here uh we're going to play a little uh, a little free play here if we get uh two of these right exact win totals we're going to get a unit so we're going to get some free units here so i'm excited hope you're excited um but yeah let's go to um the new york knickerbockers and uh, a little bit petty of me because we could have talked about them last episode they are tied on points bet for for 41.5 wins uh with the chicago bulls but I put them lower on the list because I'm petty. So, so New York Knicks 41.5 wins. Uh, Trey, let's see. They they added 
They added Kemba Walker. They added Evan Fournier, Quentin Grimes, Dwayne Bacon, Miles McBride, and Jericho Sims. And they lost Alfred Payton and Reggie Bullock. So what do you think? 41.5 wins. You got the over or under there. I got the under. The Thibs, I love Thibodeau, but this is the second year of grinding the guys down into the ground. And I think it's going to catch up with them a little bit. I think they'll have some missed games. I've got them slotted in for 40 wins. So it's pretty close. I have them finishing ninth in the Eastern Conference. So not quite out of the playoffs, but I, I'm just a little down on them. I think Thibodeau, it, it really wears on guys. And I, I like RJ Barrett and I like Randall, but they don't have a lot of other offensive firepower. Yeah. And honestly, before I started looking at this a little, a little bit more closely, I, w- I was with you because I think, um, especially when you look at with we look at Tibbs, you know, uh, his second year on uh, with teams in Chicago and then in Minnesota, he saw a dip in team performance in, in both of those uh, years. I mean, I think it's really difficult to play uh, 100 miles an hour every single game, which is what. Tibbs requires from you, so it's difficult for me to really see them doing that well. I did end up putting them over, though. Um, I have them at 43 wins, so I have them just slightly over. I think, you know, I think this over-under line, and neither of us is putting a unit down here, and I think that's smart because I think it's pretty much right in line with what they'll do, 41.5 or so. Um, You know, a few wins here or a few losses uh, there, uh, they could go over or under. So uh, I don't feel strongly enough about it to put a unit on it, but um, I do like their additions. Uh, I didn't think, you know, when, when, when free agency first started, it was difficult to see <laughs> what they were trying to do because they were trading their uh, their draft picks, and it was like, what are you guys doing? But then they ended up adding Kemba Walker after the buyout, so they got him on a really nice contract. And um, it's curious to see how much he's actually going to play because, uh, you know, he's been missing a lot of games in recent years. But if he does play quite a bit, I do like that addition. Evan Fournier, I think, is constantly slept on. I think he's a, a pretty decent player, a good a good offensive creator. So uh, I do like their offseason moves in the at the end of the day, and uh, so I think they're gonna they're gonna beat the 41.5, but I don't think it's gonna be by much. One thing I do want to point out though that's gonna support your under here is despite giving up the fifth most uh, wide open field goal attempts in the NBA last season, their opponents were shooting just 37.7 percent on those looks. So uh, and it was even more ridiculous when you realize the Knicks had all out the third most wide open three pointers and their opponents were shooting just 33.7%. So they got lucky a lot with their defense. Uh, and that's part of Tibbs defensive game plan, I think. Uh, but it's also just the fact that uh, teams just missed a lot of shots against the Knicks. So I don't know if that's going to necessarily be this, the case again this year. It is luck, but and this supports you a little more. Part of playing 100 miles an hour all the time is you, you're you ramping up the pace for those other teams, even in the half court. So when you catch the ball and you see that you're open, you might be pulling a little bit quicker against the Knicks than you are against another team because you're so panicked that they're going to come suffocate you because that's what the defense does. And I think, I think there is a value in that, but I don't expect it to be that big of a disparity from year to year. And there's a lot of talk about Julius Randle taking a leap. Um, but honestly, if you look at his advanced stats, they're all pretty much in line with his career averages. I mean, you look at um, something like his uh, assist percentage. I mean, that's the one thing that did that did jump up because it was 27.2, whereas his career average is 17.7. So he did he did assist quite a lot more than he did uh, in, previously in his career. But the biggest, um, you know, 
change was that he led the league in, in minutes per game and minutes played. So uh, 37.6 minutes per game. He was playing vir- virtually the whole game every single time. So, you know, that's really a reason that he was seen as having a leap is because he was just just playing out there a lot. Um, I don't know if he necessarily had a, a better a better season. His true shooting percentage was 56.7, which is right in line with his career, 56%. Uh, rebound percentage was 14.7, which is actually below his career at, at uh, are you looking at it? Are you looking at his numbers? Yeah. Uh-huh. Do, do you have his three-point attempts per game? Um, did it did it make a jump? Because I felt like I felt like he was spacing the floor better, and that kind of opened up the the floor a little more. Yeah. Three point, uh, I'm I'm not sure exactly what this advanced stat is here, but it's a three-point attempt something uh, R. I'm not sure what that means R. Uh, 29.4 as opposed to 16.2 for his career. So um, so yeah, I think he definitely had it. Um, let me just look at his actual, like, just regular stats for the season. But um, that definitely did help a lot. Um, yeah, he, I, I just pulled up. He averaged five and a half. Oh, no, I'm sorry, five and a half, yeah. Yeah, five and a half this year, and then the year before, 3.6. The year before, 2.7. And then his first four years, well, first three years, less than one. So I think I really think him being able to shoot the three opened up the floor for him because of the spacing it allowed him to have. Cause he he's, he's got a decent handle and he's, he's got the playmaking chops, as you just said, from his past or his uh, assist percentage going up. And it's, it's a lot easier to pass whenever there's lanes. Yeah. So that helped a lot. And I think, um, you know, you were talking about RJ Barrett a little bit with the, with the most improved player. I mean, it could be something that, you know, he does uh, actually become the most improved player. He marginally improved, uh, with his big bi- last season over the previous season, with his biggest improvements being his uh, three point percentage, which went to 40% over 32%, uh, and his turnovers, which um, he had 3.5 per 100 possessions and it went down to 2.7 per 100 possessions. Which you know, he had a small dip in usage uh, last season, but nothing too crazy. And there's no reason he can't sustain those numbers and, and perhaps even improve on them. I mean, he is do I guess for a jump if it's going to happen uh it's his third season I believe so this yeah. would probably be a good a good season for him to do that so um if that does happen there is uh every chance in the world I think that they beat 41.5 uh if it doesn't I think they'll probably land about that around around there 41.5 so I don't mind taking the under there it's just a matter of uh I just have them slightly over so okay so let's move on to the Charlotte Hornets and points bet has them at 37.5 for the over-under. Uh, they added Kelly Oubre Jr. They added Mason Plumley, uh, Ish Smith, James Booknight, Kai Jones, uh, JT Thor, uh, also Wes Wundu. And then their losses are uh, Cody Zeller, Malik Monk, Devontae Graham, and Grant Riller. So what do you think, uh, Trey? 37.5, over-under. I have them under. I, I got them at 34 wins. I really wanted to put them over because I like I like the team how it's constructed. I just think they're a couple. I think they're a couple years away from jumping into that 40 win range. Lamelo Ball, franchise guy at the play at the point guard spot. I think he I think he's going to be I think he's going to be able to be a number one guy on a title contender once he hits his prime. I really like the Kai Jones pick. I'm I'm super high on him. I think I had him sixth on my draft board. But he's raw. He's going to take a couple years to develop. James mm-hmm. Booknight, he's great next to Ball because he he's just a knockdown shooter. But I got him under still. I I like Hayward. I think they've got a good team. I 
the East is just really talented from top to bottom. They've got a lot of good. They've got a lot of good teams, and I I got them under. Yeah, I think you know you actually you, you might have convinced me that I'm, I'm wrong here. I have them over. I have them at 38. Um, their lines are at 37.5, so I have them just. I just think the line's probably pretty much perfect. But but you might have convinced me on the under because I think they're going to have to try to give those rookies some minutes, and that's going to make them probably worse uh, in the long run. So uh, maybe they end up 37, 36 wins. I have them like I said, 38. Um, I think this line's pretty much right where right there though. So I, I'm not really too confident in putting a unit on it or anything like that but um but yeah you know i think uh you have to look at Lamelo ball playing next to uh terry rogier he had terry rogier um, kind of a polarizing guy i'm not high on him um in real life but at the same time you can't deny the fact that he played super well next to Lamelo in the starting lineup so uh he had a career high in field goal percentage last year you know can he maintain it i, I don't know you might see some regression but you know, his usage and his shot attempts actually went up next to Lamelo. So it seems like those guys have a good rapport with, with each other. So it's going to be all season with those guys. Uh, they don't have to worry about getting Devontae Graham in there anymore. They do have to worry about getting some book night in there, though. Um, I do like Ish Smith as a, just a veteran leadership guy, but um, I actually have them finishing just outside the play-in. So I have them doing a little bit worse than last year. Um, but like you said, I think I'm, I'm high on them long-term. Uh, I'm just not high on them this upcoming season. They were 11 and 10 from uh, February 1st to, to March 20th, which is when James Rago uh, finally decided to start Lamelo. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then I don't know why he was he was just so resistant to starting the guy. But then when he returned from the injury, and that's Lamelo I'm talking about, from May 1st through May 16th, they were just three and seven with him in the starting lineup. That's a really small sample size, so uh, not sure you can take too much away from that. But 11 and 10 from March to, to or from February 1st to March. 20th with uh, LaMelo in the starting lineup. So they're going to get all season with him in the starting lineup. So I think that they, they have some potential. It's just a matter of, um, I think this line's right there. So you agree with me on that one? Oh yeah. It's, it's very close. Yeah. So, okay. Let's move on to our next guys here, which are the Toronto Raptors and points, but has them at 35.5 for their wins total. Scotty Barnes was an addition here for the uh, for the Raptors. Uh, Precious Achiwa and Svi Mahilik. I can never say that name right. Those are some additions here for the Toronto Raptors. And then for the loss, losses, we've got Kyle Lowry, Aaron Baines, uh, Rodney Hood, uh, DeAndre Bembry, Paul Watson, and Jalen Harris. 35.5 for the Toronto Raptors. What do you think? Overall. I've, I've got them over. I have them at 38 wins. They had to play all last season in Tampa Bay, so they were on the road the entire year. You heard from guys uh, like Siakam, Fred VanVleet, others talk about how difficult that was for them to have to do. And I really like Scotty Barnes. I I think he is a point guard. I know he's six nine, six eight, six nine, but I really believe in his playmaking ability, his handle, his ability to use his height to unlock those extra passing lanes that Jalen Suggs just is never going to have access to. Mm-hmm. And I like Siakam bouncing back. I like OG and Anobi with the um, – what's the word I'm looking for? With his the work he's done this offseason on being able to create one-on-one off the dribble and to pull up shots. He, I like Boucher as the center guy who can come in, and they just have this huge, long, stretchy lineup around Fred Van Vliet. And 
I, I've got them over. I'm a big believer in Toronto. I love I love what they're doing, and I'm I'm big on that one. Yeah, I'm I'm big enough. I'm gonna go ahead and place a unit on it. Um, I'm gonna place a unit on on the over here uh, for the Toronto Raptors, uh, 35.5. I'm going over for sure. Every single game last season was a away game, like you said, and, and you know they lost Lowry, but it's not insurmountable. I think at this point in their careers. Fred Van Vliet is a better player than Kyle Lowry. Um, that's just what I feel. Um, I think Pascal Siakam's going to have a, a better year. So uh, it's minus 140 for the over there, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to swallow that uh, that vig and go uh, 1.4 units to win one. Uh, I'm just that confident about it. I think they're going to, you know, they, I, I don't think they're going to win too many over 35.5. I have them slotted at 39 wins, which is just above Charlotte for me. Uh, I think they're going to make the play-in game. I do like OG Ananobi. I think he might take another step here, but I, I don't know. I, I think they have a lot of crap that they need to figure out. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, it's going to be, it's a little bit of a changing of the guard over there in Toronto. And so I don't know if they're necessarily going to be a solid playoff, playoff team, but I don't mind putting them in the play in, uh, in those last couple of spots. What about you? What do you, you think they're going to be a playoff team or play in team or miss it? Yeah, I, I have them at 10th. I think they're going to get into the play in. I think, Again, I just think they're too talented. I think Masai is he he's just an excellent team builder. And with the way the league is played today, having this many positive three-point shooters that have that min, that much positive wingspan on top of how tall they are. It's just it's a nightmare for a regular season team to come in and go against all those arms blocking up all of those passing lanes just everything their their arms will be everywhere for toronto it's just going to be a madhouse <laughs> yeah they've uh they definitely got some some interesting length of athleticism over there i'm looking at fred van vliet's numbers actually while you're talking and um i mean he had a pretty bad season actually 38.9 percent field goal percentage which is his lowest uh not the lowest of his career because his rookie season he shot 35.1 percent but uh, he's been shooting in the 40s uh, regularly. He was 41.3% the season before, uh, 41% the season before that in 2018-19. So um, I think he'll probably have a little bit of a better year from shooting, hopefully, at least. And then three-point percentage, he was 36.6, which is down at least 3%. Well, actually, he was only down 1% from from two seasons ago. But um, So he shot a little bit below what his averages are, is what I'm saying. And I think he's going to probably normalize a bit this season and have a better season, I would think. So um, he did have the best, his best uh, uh, season scoring-wise at 19.6 points. So interesting. But yeah, if you look per, per, at the per 100 possessions numbers, there's not a lot of difference between uh, Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet. Lowry does rebound the ball more, and he does assist the ball more, but he also turns the ball over more. So And, and Van Vliet gets more steals. Per 100 positions, 2.2 as opposed to 1.4, and scores the ball better. So 26 points as opposed to 23.9 points per 100 possessions. So, uh, so like I said, I don't think it's a, a fall off to go from Lowry to Van Vliet. I think it's probably actually a bonus for them. Um, so not a huge loss in my opinion. What do you think? I, I'm right there with you. I, I'm high on them. I'm not placing any units on it because mm-hmm. of the 140, mm-hmm. but. I just believe in Toronto. I, I have these last few years. I looked a little silly these last couple of years for sure, but I, I'm a believer in what they're what they built. I think playing on the road every game was huge. I think that's something that people just don't factor enough. And I I believe in them. So next up's Washington, right? Yeah. Um, well, let's. Look, I want to take a little bit more. Let me look at this uh, big man rotation in Toronto. Ken Birch. 
Chris Boucher, and they've got Precious Chihuahua. Who do you think starts out of those three? I think it'll be Boucher probably, don't you? Yeah, I mean, that's that's what everyone, you know, I mean, I, I'm always high on Boucher, especially in fantasy. This guy puts up monster per minute lines. The big knock on him, though, which is a valid one, is that he doesn't play any defense. So, uh, I mean, he does, it, it looks, it, he gets a lot of blocks, so it looks like he plays defense on paper. But a lot of those blocks are just a result of him having bad defense at first and having to recover. So, um, I don't know. I think maybe maybe Precious could start. I, I don't know. I think Boucher probably does start, but uh, it's going to be interesting to watch that um, watch that rotation. I was going to point out that he's a little bit of Boucher is a little bit of an overrated defender also. So yeah, I. But with his size and length, if they are starting Barnes and OG and Siakam, that is that's a pretty long lineup to throw out there. So I they could probably hide his defensive inefficiencies. And then when Precious comes in off the bench, he's probably a little bit better uh, protecting from the center position. All, all you fantasy players out there, I've been seeing him. Uh, I've gotten some crap for taking him in the 50s in some mock drafts I've done. And uh, uh, I think that's probably where he's going with his ADPs, somewhere in the 50s or 60s. And um, I think uh, I think he's definitely going to play uh, quite a few minutes, though. And he puts up monster permanent lines. So I think you're safe to take him there. But anyways, yeah, let's move on to the Washington Wizards. That's the 12th team over in the points bet rankings. And they are um, slotted in for 34.5 wins that's their over underline key additions they, they added uh weston sill jr as a coach um got rid of scotty brooks finally <laughs> i know i covered the washington wizards for a few years for fan sided and uh i know that a lot of fans over there are probably excited about that change but they also added spencer dinwiddie kyle kuzma uh, contavious caldwell pope montrez harrell um aaron holiday Corey kispert and isaiah todd and they lost Russell Westbrook, obviously, traded him. Uh, Robin Lopez, Ish Smith, Chandler Hutchison, uh, Alex Len, Isaac Bonga, and um, Caleb Holmesley. So what do you think? For, uh, 34.5, over or under on that win total for the Washington Wizards? I've got the over. I've got them right at 35 wins. And I, I think this offseason, Washington had – with what they had to work with, I think they had the bet. They might have had the best offseason in the league. Just being able to get all of those players around Bradley Beal and how talented he is, I think Beal is motivated to have a really good year before he likely leaves to go elsewhere. And I, I just believe in the team that they built around him. Dinwiddie, he missed last year, but if you go and look at his advanced numbers, he was incredible scoring and playmaking he's a great compliment next to bradley beal and i i i've got him at 35 i like the over i had seen where it had been it was the first one i saw that had been bet all the way up to 140 so it was one that apparently a lot of other people liked early on um yeah i've actually got him under and i've got him under to the point where i'm willing to put a unit on it it's at plus 110 for the under so i'm putting a unit to win 1.1 1. 1. uh i i don't see the i don't see these uh, russell westbrook would honestly willed them to wins down the stretch last season like that team did not have a lot of talent i feel like um i don't see these new guys uh the kuzmas and and the uh the mantras heralds and whatnot really contributing as much as Russell Westbrook contributed. Uh, and I'm not even really a big Russell Westbrook fan. I think he makes some really boneheaded decisions. But um, I think Bradley Beal's fantastic. He's, uh, you know, 
I think at some point in this, this show, we'll talk about Bill versus Levine. I think it's a good argument to have, but uh, I do honestly give a slight edge to, to Beal right now in their careers. I think Beal's just a, a very talented scorer. Um, but I just don't see those pieces around him really stepping into a bigger role. So I've got them at 30 wins, uh, which will put them at 12th in the Eastern Conference. You know, I'm just not very high on them. I think that there's going to be, a, again, it's a new coach, so there's an adjustment period. They had Scotty Brooks for a long time. Um, you know, I, I think Wes Unseld is, is, will perhaps be a better coach than Scotty Brooks. I don't think uh, – I think Scotty Brooks gets an unfair shake, I should say. Uh, I think he's an okay coach. I don't think he's a terrible coach. Um, did he have some questionable – you know, choices, of course, every coach does. But anyways, so I've got them under and uh, yeah, it feels like the, it just feels to me like they're on the verge of a rebuild. You know, it feels like if they even if they keep Bradley Beal, they're going to have to find another star to put next to him on wall for a long time. than Russ Westbrook. So uh, oh, it just feels like they're on the verge. I, I agree. I think that to me, this I think it's their this is their last little gasp of relevancy before. They end up doing a sign and trade for Beal in the off season, mm. and then blowing it up. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think we both had them under 500. So, uh, you know, we're, we're, neither of us are too high on them, but at the same time, you know. No, I, I had them. I had them 0.5 better uh, than their than their over under. So I'm very very yeah. low on that over. Right. Uh, okay, so let's move on. Let's go to the Cleveland Cavaliers. And points bet is has them as their 13th in their list of, of win totals at 27.5. They added Ricky Rubio. For what reason, I don't know. No, he's, he's an okay player. Uh, they added Evan Mobley. They added Laurie Markkinen uh, and Taco Fall. Uh, they lost Larry Nance Jr., Torian Prince, and Matthew Dellavedova. So 27.5 for the Cleveland Cavs. What do you, what do you think, Shrey? I have them at 26 wins, so I've got them under. I think Garland might make a leap this year. I think his. I think you saw as the season went on last year his ability to read the read the defense when he was the primary playmaker was starting to advance. He's not at that Trey Young level, but he would have those flashes that Trey where Trey Young was consistently doing it in the playoffs. Garland was having those flashes, but the East is deep. I'm. I don't like. I like Laurie Markkinen's fit better around them, but Larry Nance Jr. was the better player. And I just, I have them under, I'm not a big Colin Sexton fan. Mm-hmm. And I think Okoro's nice. I think Evan Mobley, I think he's going to end up being amazing, but I think it might take a year for him to get there. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a tough, it's a tough get 29 wins. And I just don't think they get there. Yeah, um, well, actually, the line did adjust to 27.5. Oh, but I, oh. Yeah, but I still do have them under also. Uh, yeah, I'm at 25 wins, so um, I think it's safe to say to go under there. Um, you know, they adjusted that line downwards. I wish I could have grabbed that 28.5, but uh, 27.5, I don't mind going under there. I don't I don't feel as confident about it to, to throw a unit because I think, like you said, there is a potential there for uh, specifically Garland to take a leap. I think he's um, kind of an underrated player right now. When Sexton was out for that extended period of time last season, he had some really great games. I'm pretty low on Sexton. I, I had a chance to actually live in Alabama when he played at the University of Alabama. I had a chance to watch him quite a bit. And um, I just don't think you – know, he has a volume shooter. I think he's okay. Um, he's just not not great. <laughs> so uh, I think at some point, you know, the keys to the offense really go to Garland, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to make them better. Um, you know, hopefully Sexton takes kind of a backseat to Garland here. And, you know, Jared Allen, I think, you know, 
he's a great great young player um is he, he has his limitations though on offense. So, you know, can I go, can I really bank on these guys going over 27.5 wins? I don't, I don't think so. I don't see it happening. I think they're going to be, like you said, worse with Laurie Markkinen as opposed to, to Larry Nance. I think they're going to be a worse team. In the long run though, it helps them. It makes sense. We've talked about the Laurie Markkinen trade. It makes sense for them to take that, that gamble on Laurie to see if he pans out to be the uh, all-star we were all, all hoping he would be uh, in Chicago. So. Yeah, so I think we're pretty much in agreement there. We can move on. Let's go ahead and talk about Detroit, the Detroit Pistons, which are 14th in the point spent rankings at 24.5 wins. Um, Detroit, they added, let's see, added Cade Cunningham. That's a big one. Uh, Kelly Olenek, Trey Lyles, and Luke Garza. And they lost uh, Mason Plumley, Wayne Ellington, Dennis Smith Jr., uh, Seku Demboya and Jaleel Okafor. So 24.5 wins, Trey. You got them over or under there? I've got the over. I really like Cade Cunningham. I think he's going to help elevate that team. I really like the offseason they had last year, getting Jeremy Grant in free agency, and then the draft they had with Sadiq Bey, Isaiah Stewart, and Killian Hayes, who I think is going to – I think he's going to thrive next to Cade Cunningham, actually. Hmm. And I – I, I just, Kelly Olynyk, I really like that addition also because he is such a knockdown shooter that the defense has to respect him. And giving that spacing to these guys, I think, is just going to open up so much for that offense. I, I've got the under. Um, you might have convinced me, though. Uh, I don't know. I, I think I'm probably not as high on Kate Cunningham, Cunningham which is probably why uh, we're on the opposite sides here. I've got him at 22 wins, which is just slightly under the 24.5 over under. But I think, you know, this line's pretty much set at where where they're going to be, 24.5 or so. Uh, I think it's pretty much decent. But I've just got them under. I I, I just don't um, – I think it really just boils down, like I said, to, to Cade Cunningham and, and whether or not you're high or, or low on him. I'm not low on him, but I just think it's going to be an adjustment period for him still uh, going to the NBA. So – and and I I really am not high on Killian Hayes, so I, I he's had some some uh, efficiency problems to say the least since he's been in the NBA. Can he change those any any day? Of course he can. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I just don't see a lot on this roster that I'm excited about. So I'm on the under. Um, I could see them going over, so I'm not not confident enough to to put a, put a unit on it. So yeah, pretty much covers it for us. <laughs> All right, so let's go on. Uh, our last uh, team here is the Orlando Magic. 15th uh, in the points spent rankings, 22.5 wins. Um, they added Jalen Suggs. They added Franz Wagner. They added Robin Lopez. And they lost Otto Porter. And they lost Dwayne Bacon. 22.5 wins for, for the projected last place team in the East. What do you think, Trey? I've got them over. I got them slotted at 25 wins. They also, Isaac should be back, I believe. Mm-hmm. And he was he was a candidate for defensive player of the year when he was playing and I really believe in Suggs as I don't know that he's going to top out as a superstar or even a star, but I really believe in his floor as a point guard who can run the show and who is going to get guys easy buckets. Who's going to be able to facilitate the offense. And I, I like a lot of the guys that they have in Orlando and I just think it's going to click for 25 games. Hmm. Uh, interesting. I've got them under. Um, let me tell you. Uh, so the last five years, I should say uh, 
2014, 15 through 2018, 19, because uh, those are the games, the years I had 82 games were normal before COVID. The last place team in the East had 17, 24, 20, 10, and 17 wins. So you take that average at 17.6. Uh, you know, the only team that went over that was the last in the Eastern Conference in those years were the Atlanta Hawks in 2017, and they had John Collins and, and Dennis Schroeder. So do I think that this Orlando team is better than that team? I don't. So I'm actually – I have them under, and I actually have them under. Uh, I'm confident enough about that to put uh, a unit on it. And they're, they're at minus 105 for the under there. So I got 1.05 units to win one unit. So Would you like to do a gentleman's bet instead with even odds, and I'll take the over and you take the under? Yeah. Yeah, let's let's do it. Let's do it. So I'll, I'll take out my, uh, my unit here. We've got a BS call there, and uh, Mr. Trey and I are going to do our gentleman's bet He's got the over on 22.5 wins, and I've got the under on 22.5 wins. The one thing that throws a wrench into my into this is uh, obviously John, for me is is obviously Jonathan Isaac returning. How good is he going to be? Um, I think he's a very good piece. I just don't I don't see him as someone that's going to be a leader for the team. I don't see him as someone that's going to be you know that far above the mean that he's going to push them to to win games. That's just me though. You know could could he be that guy? Maybe, uh, you know, he, was, he looked very good before he went down with that injury. So uh, it's an inter- interesting wrench to throw in there. But, yeah, let's go do that. I'll, uh, I'll go on the other side of that for you. So. Okay. <laughs> but that's going to do it for us here at BSPP. Hope you enjoyed the show, guys. Um, that's going to be do it for the entire Eastern Conference. Next next uh, shows we'll go over the Western Conference, obviously. And we'll do the same thing. But wherever you're listening, please like and subscribe. And while you're there, just leave us a little review, guys. We want to hear how we're doing. We want to hear what we're doing well and what we're doing not so well. So we can just keep making the show better and better for you guys. But uh, I'm Keith Cork, and you can find me on Twitter at, at BSBPKeith. And Trey, go ahead and tell the people where they can find you. On Twitter at Final Finally. And don't forget to follow the show's Twitter, guys. It's at BSBP underscore NBA. I'm hoping once we get some followers there, we can run some polls, uh, shoot out some questions, see what our listeners think. But give us a follow first. Help us grow that following so that we can go ahead and get to that point. Uh, and we can get updates on the show, obviously, as well. So uh, but that's it, guys. Have a great day wherever you're listening. And uh, let's go. I'm, I'm excited for this NBA season. We should be excited. So. Can't wait. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.